0: Hey everybody, this is Randy Giesking, president of Safety Management Group, and I want to welcome you to our inaugural episode of The Vine to Zero. Uh, If you could, um, make sure you hit subscribe today and uh, tell all of your uh, colleagues and friends about us. Uh, I'm really excited to get our first episode out there. Uh, We've been working hard on this and uh, I'm hoping that you're going to enjoy the interview uh, that we have today for you. Uh, My first guest today is Tony Sykes. Tony is a really good friend of mine. He's my uh, former boss a couple different times. Uh, He's been a great mentor over my 26-year career, and uh, we're really, really excited to have him on today. Uh, Tony and I met back in 1992 when he hired me as an intern, and since that time, we've worked together in some capacity along this journey for the past 26 years. Uh, Tony currently serves as a Senior HSE Consultant for Eli Lilly and Company's Global HSE Organization, located in Indianapolis. He has over 30 years of experience within the health health and safety profession. And in addition to his 25 years at Eli Lilly, uh, his experience includes safety and industrial hygiene, technical and management responsibilities in the semiconductor manufacturing and environmental remediation industries. Tony is a fellow Sycamore, uh, Indiana State University grad, and uh, he completed his uh, bachelor's degree in occupational safety management in 1985, and he followed that up with his MBA from the University of Indianapolis. Uh, Tony holds his certified safety professional designation uh, since 1990, and he's also served on many committees and boards uh, with the American Society of Safety Professionals, formerly ASSE and uh, American Industrial Hygiene Association, And he has also served as the uh, president of the Indiana chapter of the National Safety Council. My conversation with Tony touches on a range of topics, including safety culture and leadership development, behavioral safety, and we wrap it up with a brief conversation about the evolution of the safety profession and advice he has to offer a new safety professional. This is episode one with Tony Sykes and the episode he titled Reflections. Reflections. okay so we go back 26 years and if you would have told me back then we'd be sitting here doing a podcast I would have I would have never believed it
1: yeah same way buddy uh, uh, technology uh, my kids uh, tend to laugh at me when it comes to technology so yeah this is a awesome opportunity
0: awesome yep so um, I thought it'd be great to have you on as our first guest um, you know as I said I you gave me my first shot 26 years ago hired me as an intern and I thought it'd be great to help break the ice on this new new podcast um and so welcome to the vine my friend
1: thank you it's, it's an honor to be here and randy when you mentioned that intern i'm just thrilled that after working with me you decided to stay in the the profession that's
0: that's awesome well hey before we jump into the safety arena i wanted to hit quickly on something that uh you know having known each other for a long time 26 years and uh, obviously um uh, our, our business is all about relationships and maintaining those relationships, so uh, we've seen a lot uh, with respect to each other and knowing, uh, you know, I've seen your, your family and you've seen my family grow up. Uh, Laura and I have uh, been blessed with two beautiful girls, and uh, they're both uh, immersed in their college experience right now. I know you have two IU grads that yeah. you're, you're proud of, and, and your youngest daughter is uh, uh, looking at colleges right now, graduates this year from high school. That is correct, yeah. And uh, one of the cool things, uh, also I, how we're connected, is uh, my nephew Brandon and your son Tyler are both in the United States Army and um, and uh, both uh, Army Rangers, which is cool. And with us, uh, Safety Management Group, we, uh, we pride ourselves in uh, trying to the best we can to uh to offer opportunities for veterans Uh, we have several veterans on staff do awesome work with our team and uh so that's uh that's important to us but i know you're proud of tyler and i'm sure that's probably uh proud and and apprehensive at the same time with respect to to what he's doing for the country yeah
1: without a doubt and and thank you for that uh i think the really cool thing is with with brandon and tyler both uh, they actually played uh, played high school sports against each other in johnson county and then uh, end up uh, unknowingly ran into each other during Ranger School there in, at Fort Benning there in South Georgia. And, and so I know they have a fondness and a relationship with each other. And uh, so I thank Brandon for what he does. And, sure. and again, thrilled for employers uh, like you that uh, these guys learned some incredible things during their military career that uh, I think, without a doubt, uh, transition right into the, the working world. So uh, kudos to you guys for sure thinking of that.
0: Well, thank you, and yeah. So, uh, thoughts and prayers always with with those two boys, and um, you know, with Tyler and, and Brandon, and, and all of our uh, military members. So, well, let's dive into uh, let's dive into the safety section of our vine, and uh, let's start with uh, maybe your background, and if you could uh, give uh, the listeners a, a feel for uh, where you've been and, and what you're currently doing.
1: Yeah, and uh, I'll try to keep it brief here, but just a blessed a blessed career. Uh. You know, Randy, you and I are both, uh, uh, you know, graduates from Indiana State. We uh, we got safety degrees, in my case, a, a really long time ago. And uh, from there, went into uh, was blessed, went straight into work for uh, in the semiconductor industry with with IBM. Uh, worked at a couple different plants, uh, getting some tremendous experience. Uh, uh, from there, transitioned, and this is where you and I met. Went to the uh, uh, Heritage Group companies, and and they they are a conglomerate of a variety of companies, and. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where you and I worked, and uh, uh, just uh, just a great time there. And again, awesome experiences. Sure. And then finally went to where I am today, and I've been with uh, Eli Lilly in a variety of positions, both leadership and technical, for you know the past twenty five years. So yeah, it's
0: awesome. Yeah, you know uh, our time at Heritage, it, it was a great time, and um, you know I I would not. Um, change that for anything. Uh, the exposures, uh, for me, you know, professionally, um, you know, I, I was able to, to dabble in, um, the construction industry, uh, petrochemical, uh, that's where i got my, you know, kind of first opportunity to go out and hang pumps and, um, and, uh, do some noise dosimetry on the industrial hygiene side, uh, working in mines. So, uh, exposure to MSHA and, uh, And then on the environmental side, I mean, you couldn't ask for more with, with, with that as an intern. And then for me to be able to, to carry on for a few years and, and, uh, really, um, get, uh, just, just, you know, the intro into the safety profession, it was, you know, I couldn't ask for more than that.
1: Oh, it was, it was incredible. And that's what I didn't really appreciate when I went to go work for heritage, how diverse they were. Right. And, and so even though I spent the majority of my time kind of in the hazardous waste, uh, uh, hazardous waste remediation and, and, and waste treatment. Um, it provided the opportunities to work in their other fields. And I remember you taking me, uh, to aggregate mines and, 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 and some of the mining exposing me to that, I uh, got pulled, like you said, into construction and different things. So yeah, yeah, it was a tremendous opportunity to, to, to grow.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. And you know, our, our paths have crossed, uh, multiple times over the years. And, uh, and uh so that's that's been a really uh great opportunity to 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 work with you on a variety of projects over the years so uh let's jump into um i know you've um you've done a lot of work in the area of safety culture development and behavioral safety so uh let's talk a little bit about some of your recent work in that area and um and if you could just kind of maybe explain kind of where where you've been with
1: that yeah um you know it's interesting randy we you know i've been I think most of a lot of us has dabbled in you know behavioral safety, and we've certainly you know I've done that over the years. I, but I think the last few years we've uh, probably gotten a little bit better at it, maybe understanding it better, and and so uh, we we have sites that use traditional behavior based safety observations, and then but with majority of our sites uh, tend to partner with a uh, one of our you know one of our partners or vendors, uh, SafeStart. But I think even before that, though, we, we've learned to really try to understand culture and where um, our plants or our locations, and it's not just manufacturing, more our locations, where they are on this cultural continuum. And, and we've learned that, uh, uh, and that some of this through trial and error, we, we, we've launched programs. I remember launching uh, BBSO-type programs you know, 15 years ago and wondering why, after three or four years, they kind of ran their course. And uh, looking back now, uh, what we didn't know back then is we, didn't, we weren't ready for that. We just hadn't built the right foundations, we didn't have the right things in place, and then we wondered why. It was, it was kind of like a, a freshman going in and taking a, a junior or senior level course in college without the prereqs, right? So sure. um, what we've learned now today is know where we are and, and make sure that we're doing the right things at the right times. And uh, so for example, if you haven't built leadership support, real leadership support. If you don't have leaders executing certain things when it comes to safety, it's very difficult to to have them become ambassadors for a behavioral safety program and really build the environment where BBS works, right? So that's what I'm talking about. It's knowing where you are, build those things, and then ultimately get to things that are more advanced. Sure.
0: So um, a couple days ago, I read where a worker was buried in an excavation collapse in North Carolina. So when you talk about behavior, what can we do a better job of to get the worker, site leadership, project leadership, uh, on and on, better engaged in, in this discussion?
1: Yeah, that that's a great question, and, and that's a tough situation, right? And you and, you and I have in our experiences, you know, we've dealt with similar things. And sure. the one thing that you learn, no one ever gets up uh, thinking, you know, I'm going to get hurt today. Mm-hmm. And what I've also learned over my career is, uh, for the most part, people are good people, Right. And they think they're doing the right things, and they're they're working hard, and and uh, uh, like I said, they're just good people. Uh, what happens is we 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 make choices, and sometimes those choices we we think we're making them for the right reasons. You know, we want to get the job done, or uh, we we want to get home tonight to our family, so let's let's hurry and get it done. Uh, or maybe it's something we've done a thousand times before, and you know, I got this, and I, and so I disengage. And ultimately, it's about making choices. So the question is, how, how do we help people to understand, you know, all aspects? Do they really understand the risk, and then hopefully help them to make the right choices? Especially when there may not be people around to kind of guide them toward that right choice
0: along the way, for sure. I was um, uh, I was out on a project yesterday, kind of another really good example, uh, taking a tour of a job, and uh, you know we're in the Midwest right now, so we got. A lot of challenges, right? The weather, ground, snow, ice. Uh, but as I'm touring the project, um, you know, you know, I feel like we have a lot of really good things in place, right? Where, uh, if you if you've worked in Central Indiana, you've been around the Coalition for Construction Safety, formerly uh, the Mid- Metro Indianapolis Coalition for Construction Safety. I know you've served on several committees. Uh, Lily was a, a leading owner uh, in developing uh, kind of owner safety specifications and. Uh, so we were, we're fortunate to work with a lot of progressive owners, uh, that I believe, um, maybe you don't see some of that across, um, uh, the United States as maybe, you know, as much as we've been exposed here in Indiana to, to improved construction safety. Right. So as I'm walking the project, uh, it kind of goes back to, you know, doing the right thing when nobody's watching. Right. I, So, I walk into an area, I'm I'm touring with a group, and uh, these guys are out wrecking forms on a a wall, and they're just standing in ice, you know, solid sheets of ice. And I'm like, so we did our, you know, tailboard or, you know, our JSA first thing in the morning. We identify hazards, we talk about the hazards, and then we go out to execute, and, you know, here we are, you know, and, and it, you know, it's, it takes, you know, a safety professional or, you know, maybe leadership or a foreman or a superintendent to come up and say, Hey guys, time out. We can't, you know, you're putting yourself at risk. Right. So again, I guess that kind of goes back to your point on, you know, coaching and, uh, you know, people not want, wanting to, you know, thinking when they go to work, they're not going to get injured. But again, I still think we have a lot to do in the area of, 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 you know, just teaching, you know, behavioral concepts and
1: well, yeah, and people really, under truly understanding risk. And when I say that, um, and, and it's something we've been working on uh, in, in, in my current assignment, I, I don't doubt for one moment when people think of the big things, and maybe what, you know, we'll probably talk about CIF in a minute, but, sure. you know, when you think of the, the higher-risk things, you know, working from elevated heights or, uh, lock, you know, locking out hazardous energies, working around uh, hazardous chemicals, for example, you know, it's kind of like driving in a city for the first time. You know, our heads are on a swivel. And, and you know, we're, we're, we're really focused. But when I drive around my home, you know, the vast majority of people uh, have, you know, bad accidents within, what, a seven-mile radius of their home. And obviously, I think part of that's exposure time because that's where they do most of their driving. But I also think we disengage. Hmm. You know, that's where complacency creeps in. And I don't think we really appreciate the risks that we have. And what what we're learning is, while people focus on the big risks, they may not think, for example, the standing on the ice is, is a risk. Well, sure, if I operate this tool, that's a risk. But do I really understand that I'm, when I'm standing on the ice, that's a risk too?
0: Right.
1: And 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 I don't think. And the other thing that I th- sometimes I think we don't appreciate risk is, was there any of those guys or or people? I don't I don't know who the audience was standing there that maybe did understand that risk, but yet didn't feel comfortable speaking to everything. approach their coworkers and and you know hey hey guys is there a better way to do this I, I'm worried that we could slip and fall here sure and so that makes you wonder too what was there was there one or two there that did understand it but just didn't feel comfortable didn't bringing feel comfortable.
0: it out yeah so how do you how would you you know uh, how would you influence that and try to you build that, that confidence and
1: y- yeah that that that's a big <laughs> one I, I think I think one is trust sure I, I think how, how do you uh how do you have leadership? And, and I say leadership. I don't necessarily always mean formal leadership. I also sure. mean, uh, let's face it, probably some of the most influential people on a work crew is the experienced uh, operators or workers that, that have what I call informal leadership. So how, how do you create this, this environment where people truly look out for one another and that they engage and talk about risk? And that's something we're trying to work on right now. Uh, again, I don't want to plug necessarily any, any particular tools, but we're looking at one right now because when we've done some of our culture surveys, some of our opportunities are get peer-to-peer conversations even more than we have them today and also to make sure that we calibrate with each other on what I call that, more than informal risk. Like I said, you got safe permitting systems and JSAs, and you got all this programming stuff for the big risks, but sometimes, you know, and, and we don't want layers of bureaucracy or, or more things to check through. But, but you have all these, what I call, little risks around you that can also lead to consequences we don't want. So how do you get people to engage and talk about, again, standing on the ice, I don't know if I need a JSA for that. I don't know if I need to have a procedure for that. Sure. But nevertheless, it's real. And, mm-hmm. and so how do that's what we're working on is to get people to, to talk through that and, and, and calibrate. The other thing is our risk, and Randy, I think you know this, I grew up on a farm. And, and people like, when I go back home, people like, I can't believe you work in safety because I watched the way you grew up right. and I watched some of the sure. things you, you did as a, as a knucklehead kid. And, and a lot of times, again, we didn't appreciate the risk. We, we didn't understand it. And, and so a lot of it is, you know, how you and I look at risk or we're not necessarily calibrated the same. Sure. And, and so how do we work through getting that? And maybe we never will, but how can we get it closer to we, at least we can have that discussion and an appreciation? So if you see a risk on the ice that I don't, at least that I appreciate what you're telling me, and maybe that causes me to think a little bit differently where in the past I wouldn't even thought about it. I would have just ran right across it or worked right across it and never even thought about it.
0: So one of the things you mentioned there was um, uh, surveys um, and tools. Um, so are there any... Are there any uh, what, are the, what, what types of things, when you talk about surveys, best practices, tools, what types of things maybe uh, has Lily developed in this area and that maybe you can discuss or recommend to, to, to our listeners? Yeah.
1: Um, well, for us, we, we learned that we really needed to understand where our culture was at, at, our, at you know, our various locations. So you know, we've started with manufacturing a few years ago. And there's all sorts of cultural tools out there on the market. I think we all know that. Um, we were using some that that uh, we learned a lot from them, but they kept putting us as maybe the best practice. You know, they, you know, they put us up that were are at the top. Uh, but yet, sometimes our experiences or, or maybe even injury performance didn't they didn't they didn't balance there. So we chose a model. We chose to partner with with Dupont, uh, looking at their uh, 12 elements or their elements of, of world-class safety um, they have a tool called the Bradley curve and uh, when we piloted that at, at one of our locations a pretty big location um, and we realized that where we landed on that continuum on that on that cultural um, journey on that model it was probably much more closer to where we were performing and, and so we, we got a lot of uh, confidence in that tool and um, that that's that's a tool we use today, and, and that helps us to understand. We get you know baseline, what they call Relative Culture Strength Score. We get a baseline, and then from that we work on various initiatives and activities, and then we went back over, over time to measure ourselves over and over to see the progress that we're making. They have three main domains. Uh, a structure, which is what I call more your, your management system. Uh, they have process and actions, which are more the, what I call the programming. But they also have a leadership domain. And so, not only do you get an overall culture score, but you get scores in each of those domains that help you focus. Do I need to spend more time on leadership development? Do I need to spend more time on programs, etc.?
0: Sure. Now, the survey is it uh, is it all is it a web based? Is it uh, is there some great great question face
1: to face interviewing? Yeah, the the survey itself is designed to be web based. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get hard copies. So, like for example, we we've done the surveys with some of our alliance contractors okay. and. And, and doing that, uh, you know, some were in a position to use the computer, some weren't. So th- the options are both. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it's, it's really uh, easy to administer. Uh, only 24 questions, and that was kind of a plus for us. A lot of surveys can right. take a fair amount of time. Sure. Um, and th- we also, then, we typically are allowed six or seven custom questions as well. So, survey takes maybe about 15, 20 minutes max.
0: Okay, excellent. So, have you rolled that uh, globally?
1: uh manufacturing absolutely uh we are growing it uh in our r&d and we are growing it uh last last year we launched it started launching it across our sales affiliates locations
0: okay so interesting Uh, any differences between you know u.s based responses and what you see outside of
1: uh in manufacturing that's a great question um not significant now what again one of the reasons again uh there are lots of factors going to choosing a partner when you do this. Uh, international experience for us was very important, and, and uh, so DuPont had that. Um, there is definitely a potential to see bias, um, uh, probably maybe more so in the Asia-Pacific region, and, and we did experience a little bit about that. Because, again, a lot of times, again, what we talked about earlier, good is relative. And and so again, what what uh, how how people define good, uh, it can be different. So we knew that going in, and and you know we were able to put plans together to, uh, you know, try to get uh, to get that as accurate as we can. Uh, but that's about the only place I would say maybe we saw a little bit of difference. Uh, Europe, South America, uh, Central America, you know, et cetera. U.S. all pretty all pretty similar. Sure.
0: So I know you've been involved in, uh, you know. Contractor safety at Lilly. Mm-hmm. Um, you led their uh, contractor safety management team for for a while. I know that's, you know I yeah, worked with you a over great there time. on yeah. that team. But uh, what are some of the things that uh, Lilly's doing um, that are you know out there best practices on the leading edge for construction safety?
1: Yeah, that, that I mean that's a great question, and um, uh, and I, I will tell you I, I've been out of it. Now for a few years, so I want to be careful how I answer that one because, uh, you know, if uh, Elvin Hernandez or some yeah, some good sure. people that work in that area might be, uh, if they were listening, they might be cringing right now. But uh, you know, I think a lot of it is we uh, over the years. I think being partners at that time with Mix, uh, and then partnering, you know, uh, with you guys. Uh, you know, I remember the, you know, back back in my day. Uh, you know, our engineering efforts, our engineering groups really led contractor safety. Yeah. Uh, and, and it took, uh, took the safety organization uh, a little bit to get in, more involved with it. I think, so what I've seen it grow now is it, it's definitely uh, a focus front. I, w- I would say that, as we say, I really don't care what the color of your badge is. Sure. You're, yeah. We're working together. We don't want anyone hurt. Uh, so I, I think you I've just seen a maturity, Randy, uh, and an ownership. Uh, that maybe we didn't see you know 15 years sure. ago and I, and i think that that part has continued to grow in that partnership and that value and, and again even when we d- go back to the surveys when we do surveys uh, we want to see how the contractors our, our non lily people score on that because what we don't want is big gaps and differences on on how both parties feel about safety whether at Lily
0: um, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, as we wrap up a behavioral safety, uh, segment, what, what about, uh, carrying that to the home, you know, at home safety, what, what are you doing at Lily to, to drive that message? Not just at work, but taking it home as well.
1: Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's been a challenge over the years, right? I, I remember, uh, and Randy, you might even remember when we were working together, uh, you would try to give things to send home with people. And, and, and I remember years ago, you get that response, whoa, you can kind of influence how I work here, but when I'm at home, that's my time, right? And and so uh, so you want to tread lightly on that. But but what I, I do think and what we have seen is, Randy, we realize that safety is not something that you just turn on and turn off, right? Or or you can, but it's very hard to be successful. So when we look at a safety culture, and, and, and the other thing too is, we, we need our people. We value our people. They're, they're here for a reason and we need them. And so if they get injured away or at home or at work, either way, it's not good. Right. So, so, um, again, without necessarily plugging one particular company, you know, that was a plus for us on, on behavioral safety, uh, working with, uh, with, with Safe Start, because, um, not only You know, looking at the risk factors of complacency and and rushing and frustration and fatigue, those type of things, and how those lead to errors. Um, That's the same thing whether it's at work or at home. So part of the teachings uh, have really gotten people to focus on. I catch myself, Randy, going through Safe Start. I'll be doing a weekend warrior project, and I always bite off more than I can chew. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may not have the skills to do it. So I, I end up rushing. I get frustrated or it's something I've done a thousand times before and, and, I, and I disengage. Well, I find myself using that and thinking about that stuff when now when I'm at home, uh, even trying to work with my family to kind of share some of those concepts. Uh, and, and so there's even videos like my daughter being a fairly young driver. I've shared some of the driving videos to talk about how do we avoid those those risk factors? But where we really see it, Randy, we start off meetings, uh, uh, and again, especially in our manufacturing sector, we start off meetings with with a safety share, and you know our Safe Start sites tend to tell a Safe Start story. They make it personal. Gotcha. And okay. and so part of that, and and I would say the majority of those stories come from experiences that they've had off the job, uh, whether they're driving down the road on vacation, whether they're doing a weekend project uh whether they're they're walking into walmart uh they experienced something and and like that ice the the ice risk you told us about earlier sure now they're walking across ice to get into walmart right right and how maybe they took a different approach because they recognize that that risk and then they want to come back and share or maybe it didn't go so well maybe they they slipped and fell didn't get hurt this time it could have and they come in and share and talk about that and make it personal and so what i've seen is uh, telling those stories and making it personal uh, it's changed how people think about uh, safety. I think uh, at those sites, so they are thinking much more 24/7.
0: Yeah, I think I think uh, one of the things you mentioned was um, uh, talking to your daughter about driving uh, as, as a new driver. Um, we recently, uh, and I know uh, Lily uses uh, the Smith Systems, right? Mm-hmm. So we have about 70 um, 70 of our advisors are driving hundreds of thousands of miles honestly every day that's their their mobile office and uh so we have a fleet of 70 vehicles out there uh we uh uh uh, partnered with smith systems uh last year to train all of our drivers yeah Uh, i went through that course and man it was an eye-opener you know and i was able to share some of those stories with my two daughters and my wife you know and and uh take that home uh but what have you been through that program so i have is, and, it, yeah.
1: and it is it is excellent it yeah. is excellent training um so yeah and and, and so whether it's smith systems uh sure. safe start I, I think and matter of fact when you go through the safe, it's funny when you go through the safe start training they'll, they'll say please don't take this home and start telling your family how to live because it won't go over very well right um <laughs> uh, and i think about that especially uh yeah if i go in and start uh, uh, not approaching that appropriately with the kids or, or my spouse yeah it does it doesn't go too well so part of it is uh, is uh, they they go through of how, how do you start to 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 talk about risk in ways that turns it into a conversation I used to always tell the kids and they would leave to go to school or drive whatever and say hey be safe today well what does that mean right sure uh, right yeah. uh, what, so versus now I can say things like hey I know you've driven that many many times and it's easy to get complacent so you know, man, stay focused on that and, you know, don't put yourself in that. Or can can we leave five minutes earlier so you're not rushing? You know, because that leads to mistakes. So it's a different conversation you have with, with them versus just say, hey, be safe today. Sure. Um, let's uh, move
0: into uh, leadership uh, safety, leadership concepts, training. Uh, we've recently, well, within the past uh, probably four years, uh, one of my business partners, Mark Steinhofer, he has his Ph.D., in uh, occupational safety, um, and he's been uh, developing, and it's uh, been on a kind of a whirlwind tour, doing a lot of training around the country, uh, promoting leadership concepts, and meeting with hundreds of contractors um, on, uh, you know, and and talking about leadership. And um, so, uh, one of the things that uh, that uh, he's put together is. Uh, a coaching program where we actually bring in uh, could be a superintendent, uh, could be a new safety professional, and we kind of build a, a independent curriculum for that person. He does a needs assessment, kind of an interview, one on one. Where have they been? What are they doing? What do they know? And then he builds a, a curriculum and trains to that curriculum on a one on one basis, going out into the field. You know, trying to teach, um, I guess, teach safety concepts. And so I was just curious. Um, what, uh, what's your experience in that area and what are, what are some of the things that, that you're doing at Lilly?
1: Yeah, no, great question. First of all, I'd love to see some of the stuff that uh, Mark's doing. You know I, I, you know, I know Mark and worked sure. with him in the past. Very, very bright guy. So I'd love to see some of the things that he's doing, Randy. So maybe we can schedule that in the future. But uh, yeah, Randy, I think what, what, we've, uh, what we've learned over the last few years, um, uh, going back to that Bradley curve, you know, the left side of that curve, And every phase of that curve is essential. But the left side of the curve, I would call that more of people working safe because they have to versus the right side of the curve where we're trying to get to and getting to is more of creating a value people work safely because they want to. And that's a totally different environment, but it also takes different leadership skills. So when I'm on the left side, uh, it is maybe more about compliance and execution and following the rules. And so we... We we were working to introduce uh, training for the new leader to help them get up that learning curve quicker, uh, so that they can fulfill what I call fulfill what I call those transactional responsibilities. So I quickly understand as a leader that I do own safety, and there's certain things I want my people to execute and do every day. And so I'm 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 directing them a lot more, um, but nevertheless I'm I'm getting that done. And then over time as we advance. Uh, we, we start to shift, the, and what I call that is safety management. Sure. Okay. Over time, we want to shift that to what I call safety leadership. And that's getting to more transformational. And, and that's a whole different skill set. And so, how, as a leader, do I set an environment in my world that, that I'm helping people build that value and not only build that value individually, but ultimately getting to them to the point that they're looking out for one another? They become more of that brother's keeper environment. That's utopia, right? So how as a leader do I lead safety to build that kind of and culture where honestly they need me less and less over time to be watching because they're looking out for each other. And that that's what we're working on is more the initial transactional leadership for a new leader, at the same time working on more transformational leadership for the experienced leader.
0: Gotcha. So there are, there are two... I guess, separate tracks. So if I'm a, a supervisor versus a director, for example, I mean, are we teaching, are
1: they? Are we... uh, you know, I, I would say the concepts are the same, mm-hmm. but if I'm a new supervisor, sure, I may not have the skill sets or, you know, we talk about organizations being on the Bradley curve. I would contend individuals are on the Bradley curve. So my value for safety as a, as a younger, maybe new leader, new supervisor, I haven't had some of those experiences, right? So I want to get them to the point that at least they know that, because you start off, you may say, I don't own safety. That's the safety department. Well, we want to get you past that where no, no, I own safety. The safety department's going to help me, but I own it. But, but when I start that evolution on that, I'm more directing, telling, pushing, do it this way, get your training done, do this, do the JSA, et cetera, et cetera. Then ultimately you want to move them up that continuum where people know to do that. So now it's like, Let's talk about the JSA. Let's talk about what we learned today from that, and how are we going to put that into our job? And uh, boy, if we don't do this, what does that mean? And do, do you see that conversation is much different than do the JSA, right? It's, sure. It, it, and that's what we try to move our leaders to is, is more of that that you know more of that more of that style, more of that again t- more transformational. Yeah, transformational. What um, you
0: mentioned one thing in there, I thought you said generational, and uh, we recently um, uh, conducted a an engagement, employee engagement, associate engagement, uh, survey across our team of 200 professionals. And, um, one of the themes that came out of that was generational leadership, Mm -hmm. right. And understanding the millennial versus the baby boomer and what, what do they all need? Right. So how, what, how are you addressing that with, within that, that? Yeah.
1: You know, and again, uh, uh, we absolutely read. Uh, I, I was looking the other day at a PowerPoint slide that talked about the different age demographics, and and you know what, uh, wh- and what is it that's after millennials? Is it is it Gen Z? I, I can't remember. Is that is that? And and you know there, you know everyone's a little bit, you know they see the world differently. Sure. And that's okay. I, I think the question is how do we embrace that embrace those differences. Um, and so we've talked about, like, let's talk about training. You know, our generation, we were used to sitting in an eight-hour class or maybe two or three days, and that was just fine. Well, maybe the next generation is like, nah, give me a YouTube video, and I'm out of here, right? right? sure. So so I don't know if we've mastered that, but I know that we are. For example, one of the things we're looking at in safety is how can we get quick snippets out there uh, on YouTube, for example, or on a video that, that – that I hit the message and hit it quickly and then move on. Um, but, but I reinforce with more of that. So that's some of the things we're looking at. Again, uh, we haven't mastered that yet, but that's some of the things as we go out in the, in the future that we are looking about. How do we get that message out more visual and to the point? Sure. And, uh, and, and maybe change that learning style a little bit.
0: Yeah. We're sitting here today because of, of uh, an idea of a millennial. So Joe, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, what about, um, let's jump into, um, uh, just the safety profession in general. So you, you've been at this for 30 years, uh, you've, you know, great accomplishment. You've done, you've done a lot. You've seen a lot. Um, do you ever think about how many people's lives, uh, you may have impacted over that period of time? I mean, maybe, uh, some conversation, some thread, some extra minute or two that you may have taken with, uh, with an individual, um. And how that may have you know changed their outlook and um, as it relates
1: to safety and it's
0: hard hard yeah. to hard to imagine right but
1: uh, no absolutely I have because then you wonder all of us I think wonder at the end of the day, especially as we start to get maybe in the last third of our career, or so uh have we made a difference right and, and I think we all want that that feeling that what we've done and what the the path that we've chosen has been one that's made a difference. Um, so so a, absolutely, I, th- I, I think about that, and not because I, I want the pats on the back, it's more of, did I make a difference? Sure. And, um, you know, there's a study out there called the Zohar Study, if you get a chance to read that one. And, uh, you know, what it basically says is, you know, they, they interview a lot of people in the study that are at the end or maybe have retired, and they talk about safety, what was the most influential thing. And what they really come to is, and you know, it wasn't the training, you know, it wasn't the three-day training classes. It, it wasn't the the procedures. Uh, it, it was that conversation that I had with with my boss or, or that, that mentor that stood out and I held on to that for 30 plus years. Mm-hmm. It never left me. Now, that could be a good experience or it could be one that wasn't so good, but it stayed with that person. They may not be able to tell you about the process safety course they took for three days, but they can tell you about that one conversation that that maybe we didn't even think about on our on one end, but the receiver it meant the world. Yeah. So I think I think when I think about why I do this, it, it's about the people. Mm-hmm. And what I do hope is, yeah, I hope I put together good programs and I hope I help write good procedures. And I hope I did good design reviews and I hope I did all those type of things to build safety without a doubt. And I think I do want to think they've made a difference, but what I hold on to is, did that conversation I had with somebody in passing did it did it mean something to them? Could they could they feel the care, and did that cause them to maybe think differently or, or maybe make a different choice that that made a difference? That's the one I I think most about. Yeah,
0: you're spot on there. You know, I um, when I joined Safety Management Group in 1998, I um, my first project was the Riley Outpatient Center. Which is obviously connected to the Riley Hospital for Children. And, uh, you know, I was a project safety rep, owner owner rep for IU Health. And um, uh, I can remember, you know, interacting every day with the trades people on the project. And probably one of the most proud, you know, accomplishments from my perspective was just making that connection, Talking, talking to the people in the field, talking to the workers, getting to know them knowing them by name i i could almost guarantee i knew almost every one of those guys by name over that you know uh, women and men over that uh course of that two-year project and uh, i still see when i'm out on projects from time to time people who will say hey randy how you been how you doing one of the one of our safety advisors uh uh mark miller uh, i worked with mark that was the first job i worked with mark on And, uh, after he retired, he was, uh, he retired from the, uh, the carpenters and he called me up and said, Hey, um, I'm retiring and I'd be interested in getting in, uh, into safety if you have any opportunities for, for me. And I remembered, you know, working with Mark and he was a hard charger, man. He would always give me grief. You know what I mean? Just Mm -hmm. a real great guy. He would do the right things when you talk to him about it. But, uh, I was like, Really? So you want to get into, into safety. And, uh, you know what? We put him through, Mark was actually one of the first, uh, people who went through, uh, uh, Mark Steinhofer's, uh, uh, leadership, uh, one-on-one coaching. And it was over a three month period. So Mark, so we brought Mark in, he invested three months. Uh, he's worked with us for six years and you would not believe how many repeat requests we get just, he knows the industry. His approach—I mean, it's just unbelievable. But, um, but I agree with you. I mean, it's—it's it's the impact you have the, the, on the on the people that you meet and um, the relationships you build, and uh, that's key. But uh, anyway, I
1: just—no, well, I, I think when I hear you describing Mark, you know what, what what I what I hear from your words is here's this this individual that's driven, but more importantly, he has passion. And, you know, if, if you were to ask me, if I were talking to somebody about what's what's critical to being in this field and being successful, it's, it, you know, I think we use the term motivational fit, but at the end of the day, do you have the passion to do this? Because people see and feel that. And and so that's been some of the feedback that I've received over the years. Tony, you have, you have tremendous passion for this. And matter of fact, the day that I don't hear that is probably the day that maybe it is time for me to to do something different because I feel like it's that essential and so when you describe Mark what I'm hearing is uh when he was ready to make that career change obviously I think he was building that passion when he was doing something different sure and then he had a chance to get into it he has that passion people feel it and guess what they want him back right yeah. technically he's oh. probably very good yeah he's but, excellent yeah. but it sounds like he's got a great way of working with people and, and that, that passion for what he does probably comes across.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, his knowledge of the industry, um, his work ethic, I mean, uh, it's, it's really exciting to see, you know, I mean, it's, it's been, uh, it's been really, uh, really fun to watch him and, um, he enjoys it. He loves it what? every day, man. And he's all about, he's all about, Hey, what can I do to impact, you know, the guys that I'm working with? Out well,
1: there? and that's cool. And when you feel that way, you know what, that's not work. Right. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, um,
0: we talk we're talking a little bit about uh the safety profession and uh how do you think we're doing uh, uh from the aspect of oh shit, here comes the safety guy to uh you know i want you here i need you here you know on you know from that aspect what do you what do you see i guess from the safety profession what do you see um or where do you
1: see the the changes and where do you believe we're making the most strides yeah well I'm, and again i talking from my experience right which Pretty small in the gamut of the world uh, when it comes to safety, but I think where I've seen the change is is, and Randy, we used to hear this when we were younger. It was it was you know, I'm not a I'm not a police officer. I'm I'm part of the team, right? I'm I'm not here to, uh, and and part of our job that we'll, we'll never get away from is we have to do assessments, sure. right? That that will never get. Away. But even the manner in which you conduct those, I I think, and so I think I think people in safety have gotten better. I think of of being able to do those things and bring value and when people start to feel like hey you're not here to uh, make my life difficult i i and we may not see things the same way but i i still know that i get it that you're part of the team and you're wanting to we're 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 in this for the same reasons right we all want to get the job done uh and we all agree we don't want anybody hurt. And I think if we start with that common denominator, I, no, no leader comes in today and says, man, this is a day I hope to get a couple people hurt. No one thinks like that, right? Sure. So if we can start on that common denominator, we want to get the job done and we want to keep people safe doing it. Okay, great. So now let's talk about how we're going to get there. And, and so if I can come in and truly be perceived as a partner and you know you've arrived, I used to get feedback as a safety leader when I would have leadership come into me and, and during our one-on-ones and say, man, Tony, I, I'd like to see so-and-so out in the field with me more. I'd like, man, can they, can they get more? I know you've got them working on all this written stuff and program stuff, but man, can you carve time out so they're out there with us more? And and I used to sit back and smile because what a great problem to have. They, they want more time with us and that they, and they want us there. And that's when you know you're part of the team, right? Sure.
0: Yeah. You know, I, um, uh... When I left uh, Heritage, I went to Reynolds Aluminum um, up in uh, Auburn uh, for several years, and uh, one of the things when we talk about, um, I guess, relationships, I was, you know, green going into that manufacturing environment, right, and trying to figure out, how do I find my way? Um, So I latched on to the guys that were fixing all the equipment, right, and and developed that relationship and said, okay, take me out, teach me, show me, you know, Uh, so, kind of, I guess, bringing that back to, um, you know, being wanted by the folks out there in the field and uh, in the plants. And um, so that's an important piece for sure. Absolutely. Uh, So what about, um, uh, I guess the evolution of, you know, from accident to incident to, to SIF, what, what, um, what's your background there experience there with, with the new, um, focus
1: on siF especially yeah, yeah yeah and and that is a major important issue uh you know for Lily um, and and not just Lily you know we we belong to various uh i don't know if you call them consortiums or, or or you know peer groups uh, you know orc psg there's there's NSC I mean there's a variety of them and almost everyone we benchmark and talk to siF is a major importance to them and in some cases, it's becoming, you know, maybe their leading metrics that that they, as a corporation, are are tracking, and and it makes a lot of sense, right? Because we got so wrapped around. I think this is, again, my opinion doesn't make me right, but I think we got so wrapped around uh, the OSHA recordable rate and, and a lot of things that that lead to that rate going in the direction we don't want. Uh, maybe injuries that are important, but they may not possess, they may not have that potential to cause life-altering or life-threatening. Um, it, it we, and I'm not saying we shouldn't care, for example. I'm not saying we shouldn't care about uh, office ergonomics. It's important, sure. all right? But we can get so fixated on that OSHA rate that we forget the, what I call the, the bigger risks that are out in front of us. I also think, you know, we, we think about Heinrich's theory, and, 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 uh, and now all of a sudden maybe we're looking at that differently, that maybe just, taking care of 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 the of the base maybe doesn't just necessarily take care of the issues at the top right and so looking at that and so um i got to give kudos to my i've got peers that that lead the the sif efforts
0: yeah so just also if if you're not familiar with sif right serious
1: injury fatality absolutely sorry sorry about that yeah so focusing on on things that really could life alter uh uh, an individual in, in doing that and, and making sure that we, we, uh, we've got that right. It's almost like you have to get that right before you work on other things, I think. And, and so that has been a major focus. I got a peer in my group that leads that efforts for the company. Uh, he has done a phenomenal job of designing our, our CIF efforts, and, uh, and that's just part of our strategy now. So like this year alone, we're focused on certain particular SIF risks, and we'll continue to do that year after year. That re- reporting of metrics, SIF metrics, uh, it's, that's a, a major uh, uh, HSE metric within our manufacturing organization, for example. So uh, that that that'll be a focus for quite some time. Sure.
0: So we, you, we were talking a little bit before we started today about near misses and good catches. What what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, that that's it's interesting. Um, I, I I think regardless what you call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the, the challenge uh, that we've worked on over the years and, and, and you know, we've got to continue working on is getting people to the point that they talk and share about them. And that's, again, I don't want to over-talk Safe Start, but again, that's designed to help you feel free to come forward and talk about something that either happened to you or could have happened to you, i.e. near-miss. Uh, we have another system in Lilly called Be Safe. It's a system we designed internally. It it makes it easier for people to identify, and it started off with identifying unsafe conditions that then their line management would have to evaluate uh, pool safety and if they needed them, but line management owned it. Over time though, a lot of us started tracking a place to record near misses within that uh, system again. So we're really trying to drive more and more of that. It's like, I think you and I talked about that old iceberg theory, right? You, you gotta know what's underneath the surface. Cause that's the stuff that will end up biting you. And, and, and our work has been getting people to talk more and more and bring those things out again, establishing that trust where they can come and, and, and share and report those things. And, and I think we've been pretty successful. I look at where we were 20 years ago. I look at where we were today and it's been a, uh, we flipped that now. We still got work to do. I'm not going to sure. say that we don't, it, it, but, uh, i'm very proud of where we've come on that journey
0: what about um i guess performance management do you do you include any type of safety metrics or measurements or anything relative to um you know personal performance executing your position your job um
1: yeah well let me let me back it up a little bit um you know, uh, manuf- like I said, again, and, and I support manufacturing, so I apologize if I, I keep mentioning manufacturing. Um, uh, but, you, you know, we have scorecards at plant levels, at, at, at network levels. We call them networks. Some call them divisions. Mm-hmm. And then at, yeah, at, at the corporate levels. And, and, and those, those metrics that are both, or scorecards we call them, that, that have leading and trailing measures, the old adage, you know, what gets measured gets done, right? What gets measured gets focused on. That absolutely brings a level of accountability. Uh, um, uh, you know, and I say accountability, I don't, accountability is sometimes construed as a negative word. I, I don't mean it that way. It's just important. Sure. And so that brings that. Um, we used to require a, a safety objective in a PM plan over the years, uh, we call it our electronic or EPMs. Lilly's actually shortened them, um, and 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 I say that again. Performance is incredibly important, but we don't require the amount of documentation on our PMs that we used to to require. So we don't we don't longer require a safety objective. And at first, I was kind of worried about that, to be honest with you. But as we, you know, as we've rolled that system out now a few years, I haven't seen any any decay in safety just because we didn't write a specific because again a lot of times too i can put a safety objective in a pm but i'm going to work safe today versus having something that is tangible and i execute you know so those can vary a lot but i think by having some of those measurements and expectations for the organization and and uh that's paramount to my success as an individual, but it's also paramount to the, you know, success maybe of a leader in their, in their career. I think it's being woven into that's probably the most important thing. And, and, and I will tell you that, that that's been part of our culture is, you know, your safety performance, and it matters.
0: Okay, so we've talked a lot about uh, behavior-based uh, safety, uh, leadership concepts. Um, Where are you at on rewards, recognition, incentives?
1: Yeah, great, great question, Randy. And again, my, my opinion on this, we are working on getting better at rewards and recognition. And uh, we have systems uh, in the company. Some are formal and, and some are informal. Uh, my opinion, I'm not a huge fan on incentives. And, and I say that and others may be listening going, are you crazy? We've had great success. Um, so again, this is just my opinion. My, my worry about incentives is, is sometimes uh, if it's based on achieving something at the end, uh, sometimes people may have things to go wrong and they just don't feel comfortable bringing it out so I, I had that little injury but I'm gonna put my hand in my pocket because I don't want to be that guy that's preventing everyone from getting that incentive uh, to, to accomplish zero injuries or whatever that that target is I would rather see more formal that that leader both formal and informally recognizing uh, good or great when it comes to safety that that's kinda where I am now I know it's a fine line Sure. But, uh, I, I'd, I'd rather see that than I wouldn't what I call an incentive program. But that's again, my opinion. Okay. Um, so now
0: I'm going to go to, uh, the next generation, right. And, um, really kind of two key things. I know you've done a lot with, uh, you know, our former Indiana state, we're both Sycamores. Uh, you've done a lot with that program, a lot with the internship program. Uh, I know you've taught some courses, I believe there at the school. And then, um, also done a lot with uh, Indiana University. I know both you and I did some presentations down there last year for yeah. students, and uh, so giving back to that group. But uh, really, two things, Tony. What what advice would you give for a student that's in that safety program, uh, in the safety curriculum right now? And then also, uh, what advice would you give a you know a new grad coming out as a safety professional?
1: Uh, now, great question, and 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 uh, yeah, putting a plug in for our old and mentor, Al Capuano, who was doing some teaching down at IU, you know, he had us both down there last year. And I just want to say what an awesome opportunity that was. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and, how, and, if, and, and if people could see me now, they'd see me smiling because I get fired up thinking about the next generation. I, I really do. And p- part of one of my uh, personal things for me right now is if we, if we bring uh, people newer in the career, how, how, can, how can I not only, A, I'm going to learn from them, okay, but B, how can I also help them, right? And, and so, yeah, I, I have no doubt the next generation is going to come in and take what we've done and absolutely make it better. I have no no doubts about that. And and so going down to the IU and, and talking to some of their kids, both both students that were starting, but also kids, students that were getting ready to graduate, was just you know, I was pretty inspired by that. And uh, I would say um, passion number one. Uh, you, and we talked about this earlier, but but you got to show that passion. Uh, look at professional certifications. You know, development never stop developing. Whether whether it's grad school, whether it's certifications, whether it's going to conferences, just stay on it. The world changes. Look how much of the world's changed in the thirty years we've been in it, Randy, and and it's going to continue to change. So just keep uh, that that development never stop. Uh, showing that passion, uh, put the little extra in. Sometimes, you know, I know I know uh, I value time with my family. I do. Um, but I'd say if you have to put uh, you know, put that extra time in, if you have to work those few extra hours, if you have to travel over the weekend, if you have to do a little bit of that, uh, I promise you, you make that investment, it'll come back later in life when you need it because you've built a skill or you've done something, you've learned something from that that you can apply. So I'm not saying you need to be a workaholic. I'm not <laughs> saying that at all. Right. I'm just saying uh, when, you're, when you're called on to, to, to make that extra, every time you invest in something, it's for you. It's for the company, yes, but it's for you too, and that's going to help you become better at what you do. Excellent point, most definitely. And
0: what about for the safety professional?
1: You mean as far as you know uh, their their development? I yeah, I I I, I think again you, we got to keep learning, and that's sure. why I'm a big advocate of of uh, certifications. I, I really am. Uh, grad school, you know, I went back to grad school. Now I didn't right. do mine in. In safety, I chose to go a little bit more general with it, with a master's in business. But, uh, yeah, I look at some of the grad school programs today and, and online opportunities that I, I didn't necessarily have. We have a, a, a colleague at Lily now is getting his uh, master's in safety engineering from University of Alabama, Birmingham online. Uh, so I would, again, say keep pushing yourself. Uh, uh, the, the more you learn, the, the, uh, the world's changing, so stay up with it. And that would be my advice.
0: Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for coming in. Uh, we're going to wrap this up, and uh, one of the things that we like to do with our guests is uh, allow you to to kind of title your ep- your episode here. So, wh- what do you think?
1: Yeah, I guess uh, I guess today after after talking, uh, I think my word would be reflections. Reflections. Yeah, because uh, you, I didn't necessarily think about this when I came in, but I, you've caused me to go back in time and and really. Think about some things, and it's uh, like I said. If people could see me now, they'd see a huge smile. Uh, not every experience has always been uh, one that causes a smile, but I'd say overall, as I said before, man, I have had a blessed journey, and I thank you guys for uh, letting me go back there a little bit today.
0: Awesome. Well, Tony, thank you for coming in. As always, man, it's great to connect with you, and uh, you know, I appreciate everything you've done in my career. Uh, again, you know, nice. from the from working with you, mentor. Um, you know, if I ever have a an issue or a question, I know I can always pick the phone up and call you. So that's that's awesome. And uh really appreciate you coming in and, and connecting with uh connecting with us on the Vine to Zero.